Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 20 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Becchione. Welcome to today's episode. The following is an ad for DreamAkers. DreamAkers is developing a brand new supported living environment for individuals living with an FASD, fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. Our family-style living will allow two to three residents to have private rooms and common areas in each building. We will take great care to evaluate every applicant so that everyone will be set up for success. Our on-site job training options will also fit the various interests of each resident. Your loved one may choose a career learning option and training in food services, animal care, landscaping, aquaponics, or more. For more information, visit dreamacresfasdcommunity.org. That's dreamacresfasdcommunity.org. Or contact info at dreamacrescommunity.org. Dreamacres is a proud sponsor of the Run FASD 2023 virtual 5k. And now today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of FASD Hope. I am so excited to be speaking with our two guests today. I've been wanting to speak with them for quite some time. And a mutual friend of ours, fellow podcaster, fellow FASD superstar, Dr. Jessica Rutherford uh, in England made the introduction to uh, for us. I believe it was earlier this spring. So thank you, Jessica, for that intro. Um, today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Nick Tassoni and Emma Melendez-Sher of Camp FASD. And we're going to learn so much about Camp FASD, how much of a resource it is for families and um, individuals living with FASD. And as well as some things you may not have known about Camp FASD. So uh, before we start, Nick and Emma, welcome to FASD Hope. Thanks so much. much. We're so happy to be here. So it's, um, again, it's really an honor to have you both here. And um, for those listeners who are not aware of your work with Camp FASD, could you please share your connection with the FASD community and um, what you do in Camp FASD? Yeah, um, absolutely. Thank you so much for that question. So um, the idea for camp started probably around 2014, 2015. Um, I have a brother who was adopted from Russia who was diagnosed with FASD um, in his teens at some point. I'm sure this is a classic story that many families are familiar with, being bounced around from doctor to doctor, diagnosis to diagnosis. This is it. This is not it. And um, once he was uh, diagnosed with FASD, I was, you know, excited because I think we found the one, but I was disappointed to learn how little, you know, treatments and services there were for this uh, community. So I was really keen to when my brother kind of struggled the most, and that was during the summer, lack of structure, you know, I'm not in the school system anymore. And that's kind of where he uh, had his, had the most challenges. So um, the idea for a summer camp kind of started 
out of that, my mother and I started the camp together. Uh, my mother has since retired from the organization um, just a year or two ago, right around COVID. Um, and we wanted to create a summer camp for children that we specialize in this disability where they can, you know, be themselves. Um, so on the outside, it operates and looks like, you know, as any other summer camp would, we have swimming, boating, blobbing, kayaking, uh, rock climbing, zip lining, you name it. And, uh, but on the inside, it is a very strategic and well thought out, organized, uh, uh, approach to a camp where we really focus on the camper strengths and do everything that we can to uh, have this be a successful experience for these kids. And for anyone who's been a listener of FASD Hope for almost three years, that is something, Nick, that we constantly uh, talk about is focusing on individual strengths because we know that individuals with FASD have a lot of strengths and they shine in their strengths. So I love hearing that both as a mom and as a podcaster. Um, so thank you. Emma, how about you? When did you start? Um, how did? What's your connection with FASD and um, what do you do within Camp FASD? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I went to DePaul University and as an undergrad student, I was in a chemistry class uh, and Nick actually came in and did a presentation on camp. He was looking for counselors um, and I was just really moved by his presentation, the video that he showed, the story that he shared with us. So I signed up to be a counselor in 2019. That was my first year at camp. Um, best week of my life. It was amazing. Um, I had a really wonderful experience with the kids, with the counselors. Um, just everyone that goes to camp is really an amazing person. So um, then 2020, we didn't have camp, unfortunately, due to COVID. Uh, and then we started back up in 2021. So after that year, I uh, Nick asked me to join the board. Um, so I started out as the board secretary. Um, just, you know, kind of helping answer emails, doing day-to-day -day stuff, helping Nick with documents and anything like that, um, communicating with parents, especially leading up to um, camp with applications and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I kind of just help with the planning and stuff like that. And then when I am at camp, I'm an assistant director. So running around, being wherever I'm needed. And you shared a sentiment Emma, that um, our friend, Dr. Jessica Ruther Rutherford shared when she was, um, I guess, staff, when she was uh, with Camp FASD was that, and I, I'm saying ver verbatim what she told me was it was the best week of her life. And I believe she even got her brother to go. And um, he, I believe she said he said the same thing. So it yes. really sounds like it's a life-changing experience, not only for campers and for their families, but for the staff members and for the therapists and professionals who are affiliated with it. So before we talk about all the wonderful things that Camp FASD offers, um, can you just so you briefly mentioned um its beginnings? Let's just talk about the beginning of the timeline, like the inception through now and how it's grown. Because from what I understand, it sounds like there are a lot more things that are offered. There's a lot more services and supports, and it's grown in its popularity. Right, absolutely. Um, I think the initial sort of 
intentions behind all this was to work our way to providing some sort of um, respite for families. Um, so right now it's the, that, that transpired into a week long summer camp, but, you know, we're looking to do more, um, you know, eventually if we can get into the residential treatment sector with growth in multiple sectors, I think that that is, uh, that is an avenue we certainly want to pursue and something that was a, was a spark of inspiration in the beginning. Um, our first year we started with, I think 12 campers and like six staff total, like directors, nurse, counselors all together. And, um, it was, it was a, an experiment, like no one's ever done this before. Um, I had gone to camp my entire life, but I've never run a camp. Um, I believe I was only, uh, 20 years old at the time, um, when that first camp happened and we had campers come in from all across the, the country, uh, to be there. And it was truly a remarkable experience. Um, we learned a lot that year and I mean, and each subsequent year we've learned more and more, we've continued to fine tune things. Um, my big thing, um, when it comes to, you know, the growth of camp has been, are we able to de deliver a quality product that is, beneficial to our families. So, you know, we could have very easily grown the second or third year, taken a hundred kids, done multiple weeks, but the product would have suffered. And I don't, I don't, that's not something that I really agree with. So we've, we've tapered our growth so that, you know, we can develop our staff, develop our resources, develop our activities that we're doing for the kids. Um, in a way that's going to be beneficial to them at the end of the day. So it was our third year that we added a, uh, a third team to our staff team. So we had our counselor team and medical team, and we added our behavioral health team. And that consists of um, BCBAs, intervention specialists, social workers, psychologists, uh, you name it. And they're all there for the kids' success. Um, we have an extensive application process. Families that have attended camp or are attending camp now certainly know uh, where we ask for a lot of details, um, potential triggers, coping mechanisms, um, and we want to know everything, even if it doesn't feel like it's important because our staff, um, the behavioral health team are trained to, you know, uh, work with the campers so we can anticipate what some of the challenges may be and that we can hire the quality staff, enough quality staff members to support their needs. So um, that's been, you know, one of the main focuses. I mean, it's, it's amazing. We, every year we have such a tremendous outpour of interest for camp, um, and kind of the rate limiting step for us has always been, uh, uh, staffing. Um, and that's only gotten better through partnerships and collaborations that we've had, um, with, uh, illuminate therapy, Trinity services, um, for folks in the Midwest. Uh, those are two that, We've worked very, very closely with. Um, and then in addition to that is our our partnership with YMCA Camp Duncan, which is the space that we rent from um, and who's been tremendous um, allies to our cause since day one, um, who's opened their doors. So after COVID, um, they offered us to move locations in the camp and um, pretty much rent out the entire camp. So it wasn't, you know, uh, when they have their own YMCA program. So it was just us and maybe one or two other smaller camps, um, which has been um, a tremendous upgrade for us. Better space, better facilities, more activities for the kids. I love hearing that. And I love, Nick, how you shared that 
the growth of Camp FASD was tapered so that you could really focus on the quality of the experience. And for as a parent of a now young adult with an FASD, that makes me feel my child would have a safe experience and, a, you know, a, a great experience because we know, um, you know, parents and caregivers in the FASD community, we know that there's so many safety factors that need to be in place before we can even start thinking about having a positive experience. So I, I love hearing that the growth was tapered so that you could really focus on not only the safety and benefits, but, you know, just making each year a better experience for the campers. That's wonderful. So I know now that the registration is over. We're airing this episode in June, and I know that camp for this year, I believe, Nick, you told me it's going to be in August. Um, okay. So obviously, you know, we're, we're, um, your list is full. And, um, I think you even said your wait list is full. Let's talk about what this year's campers and families will expect and what they have to look forward to in this year's 2023 camp FAST. Yeah. So this last year was the year we kind of I feel like we figured most things out. We had a good ratio set. Um, we've been working on how long an, the time for an activity should be for years, and that's just been a puzzle. Um, so what they can expect this year is a repeat of uh, last year in terms of its success um, and a little bit more. This year, we have added a leaders in training program for campers who have aged out, so our ages are nine to 18. Um, and this is something, you know, families have asked us to do for a very, very long time. What happens after they're 18? So then we're very happy uh, to start that. And these campers or these leaders in training, uh, we're going to have a little bit of a different experience. They're going to um, help out the staff, help set up activities, facilitate some activities when and where they feel comfortable. Um, we have this thing that we do um, before every meal called hopping, where you set the tables for everyone. Um, help gather the meals. Most of the meals are served family style, and they're going to support us in that as well. They'll be a part of our um, our training sessions that we have uh, leading up to camp, um, as well as our nightly regroup sessions as well. So they're going to be an integral part of our staff, and I think that's going to uh, add a new element and dynamic for the campers as well as for the leaders in training. Um, it gives the campers something to kind of look forward to so, hey, you know, once I'm 18, maybe this is something that I want to do. Um, and that's the goal. Yeah, it's very exciting because um, the campers that we have coming this year to join us in the LIT program, I actually met my first year at camp. Um, so I'm super excited to see their growth and see them again this year as full-blown adults um, and just have them like be part of like the back end of camp more. So. That's fantastic. I love hearing that and that there's an opportunity for campers who had that experience to give back and to to grow even more and to to be a part of this this full circle of being a camper and then now being a leader leader in training. I love that. So Emma, you and Jessica shared, and then I'm sure many others have shared what a wonderful experience that week is with Camp FASD. Um what about it makes it so amazing for campers and their families? You're, you're talking about these wonderful programs. You have teams and everything. Um, let's just share some of the things that that really make Camp FASD 
an amazing experience for um, a, a child or a teen with an FASD. Yeah, absolutely. I think the thing that really struck me the first year that I did camp as a counselor was that these kids feel seen at the end of the at the end of the week. They feel heard, they feel accepted, and they feel valued. Um, one really special thing that we do at camp, um, pretty much every night of camp, we have something called a rock ceremony, uh, which happens within each group. Um, so the counselors pick out these little rocks that have words on them, you know, laugh, hope, kindness, strength, bravery, etc. cetera. Um, so they notice qualities about each kid every day. And then at the end of the night, they give them a rock. They present a rock to them in front of their peers, in front of the staff. Um, and they get to take those rocks home with them. Um, and then at the end of the week, the kids actually give, you know, their staff members rocks as well. Uh, I think that's just a really, really beautiful experience. And it's something tangible for the campers to take home with them where they can look at these rocks, remember camp and remember a time when they really did not feel judgment. They felt accepted uh, and they were just having a great time. I think that was, you know, that was really my favorite part. To be seen, to be heard, to be valued, that's what we all want. And to know that we, we know how hard it is for individuals with FASD to feel that in every day in their community. To, so to have this safe place where they feel accepted and not only are they seen and heard and valued, but they're also meeting friends, they're trying new experiences, they're trying new things. And um, I love the rock ceremony in the rocks. And, and that's a tangible way for them to take home. It's almost like a souvenir from camp, which I'm sure there are others that other things they take home. But I, I love hearing that. And that's something that they can reflect on throughout the year, too. So that's that's fantastic. I'm saying fantastic a lot in this interview. But I again, I've been wanting to talk to you for a few years now. So I'm really glad that that we're having this conversation. So. Nick, you mentioned the three teams that kind of oversee um, Camp FASD with regards to staff and, and whatnot. Um, what are some of the many supports and services offered by Camp FASD? So I think the most important one is the fact that, you know, with a well with a well-trained staff that is, you know, ready to go and well prepared, um, your camper can you know, like Emma said, be themselves. And if that includes, you know, um, an occasional episode, some moments where they have particular challenges, that is something we're equipped to deal. Um, back in the day, that was something that, you know, we really struggled with. And um, it it's something that now we are able to manage, we're able to de-escalate, we're able to um, intervene, and in many cases, prevent um, such episodes and everything from occurring. Um, so that, you know, the campers are able to get back to their group, get back to having fun. But we're fully cognizant that, you know, each camper has their own unique challenges. Um, some campers, you know, like loud stimulating areas. Some campers do not, right? Um, so that's something we really um, are cognizant of, and we try to accommodate as much as we um, possibly can. So um, I think that that is, you know, one of the best parts. And it's it's always interesting to me because uh, some of the campers will um, who may have had a challenging moment during an activity or is hot or they're hungry or you know end of the day they're tired um, they might feel sometimes embarrassed to go back to the group but 
what we remind them is, you know, everyone here is struggling with the same or similar challenges you are. And I'm sure they've all been there and uh, not really to my surprise anymore, but usually when they get back to the group, they're all, um, all the campers like, Hey, it's okay, buddy. Like, we're happy to still see you here. You know, like we've all been there and they're all really supportive and um, it's validating for them that to know that they can, you know, come back from what would have been a moment where maybe they had to get called and picked up from school or a moment that another service didn't want to deal with or was too challenging for them. And, you know, that's not saying that we don't have our own challenges and every year presents its own unique challenge, but it's something we really, really have strived to, to accomplish. And again, peace of mind, it sounds like for parents and families and caregivers too, because I'm sure if they're traveling from all over the country, you know, I, I know that if they're dropping off their son or daughter at camp and then, you know, well, how are the camp staff going to handle meltdowns or sensory overloads or things like that? So knowing that you have asked so many questions in the application process and that you've evaluated and you have these teams that are ready to go, like you said, that really um, my kind of hashtag, I would say for this episode would be peace of mind. You know, that really is peace of mind not only for the families, but also for the campers, you know, if they mm -hmm. have a meltdown, if they have a medical situation, your, your teams are ready. And, and right. I just think that's such a wonderful thing to communicate to listeners. So this year's camp, again, please remind me of the dates and um, let me know and let our audience know how to um, get information and to be on the waiting list and to register for next year's camp, which will be uh, 2024, I believe. Um, will it still be in August? Yeah, so okay. um, we we have the usually the second week, if not the third week of August, um, kind of blocked out with Camp Duncan. Um, and we like that just because of, again, like I was mentioning earlier, the space that we can use. Um, the previous weeks, we could only accommodate a smaller number of campers. There's 500 campers that are like not ours that are on the site. So it makes it a little bit challenging. So we do love that week. Uh, this year is going to be August 13th to 18th. We do a Sunday afternoon drop off and Friday morning pickup sort of thing. And it's, but that's really geared towards so like a lot of the families do like to, you know, maybe reconnect in Chicago for the weekend and they kind of make a whole uh, nice, nice uh, weekend out of it. Um, but for folks that are interested, we have a, uh, an interest form on our website. So if you, uh, go to our website, one of the first links you'll see is the interest form, um, for, for next year. And, um, we are back on our usual schedule of January 1st at midnight, um, that the camp applications open. I know some families have a little, uh, uh, uh new year's Eve party and they start the application that day. Um, and we encourage families to, you know, um, apply whenever they can. We do admit uh, campers on a, on a rolling basis. Again, we, we do want to make sure we have the adequate numbers of staff to can accommodate, you know, all the needs that need to be met. Um, and then it's usually around, you know, spring, June that we kind of have some hard set numbers. Um, most of it, at that point, our staff and potential staff members knows kind of what their summer plans are. Um, and I do understand for a lot of people that sometimes is the first week of school for them. Um, and that's, you know, a challenge that we've had to kind of, you know, grapple with. Um, 
But for some of our families where there is that conflict, they say, you know, hey, this one week of camp is probably going to be way more beneficial to my camper than any first week of school ever could be, um, which I know is a tough decision. And I would never ask that of a family, um, but it's, you know, the week that's going to give us the, the, the best chance at having a great summer. Absolutely. So we'll be putting that information um, in our program notes for today's episode, as well as the links and how you can uh, get in touch with Camp FASD to learn about for next year. So um, just uh, out of curiosity, how many campers are confirmed for 2023? Let me check on that. Give me two seconds. <laughs> While she's looking, Emma kind of downplayed her role. She's really my right-hand woman. and um... You said that when we were talking before. Um, <laughs> yes. So I, I'm glad you're bringing that up. While thank Emma's you, checking, <laughs> while Emma's checking, Nick, can you talk a little bit about how she's kind of risen in the organization? Yes, absolutely. Emma's a ter- terrific example of somebody who you know started as a year one, day one counselor who had very minimal, you know, background in FASD, didn't know too much about it, but had a passion for helping children, and then grew to have a passion for helping a well-deserved community. Um, and you know, after the first year I saw how great Emma was and her job as, as a counselor. And I'm like, oh, wow, she's got some leadership traits too. So I knew we wanted to get Emma involved as soon as possible before her interests go elsewhere or some other organization, uh, picks (laughs) her up. So, um, we asked Emma to be on the board of directors as, um, our board secretary. So pretty much like the vice president of the organization. And it was a bit of a challenge. I wanted to kind of work her into that. And she helped me with pretty much, you know, everything that, you know, we needed during the pandemic. And um, as the pandemic ended, getting camp ready to go. So everything from working with um, outside agencies who are funding uh, uh, campers to talking to camp families directly, um, to, you know, working with folks interested in speaking with us, much like yourself. So um, anyone that Emma's kind of like the filter before, you know, it gets to me and she is so, so great at her job. And then this year we promoted her to uh, chief administrative officer and uh, she's pretty much the boss of everything. I don't do anything without her permission. <laughs> Congratulations, Thank you. Emma. That. Thank you. Um, yeah, I do. I want to give a shout out to my co-assistant director, Yanni Mercer. He helps out with like the technology side of things, which I am not very well versed in. So anything on the website, you know, social media stuff, he's really great at all that. Um, and he really supports us as well during the week at camp. He's awesome. So couldn't do it without him either. Um, so in terms of campers, we are looking at 26 this year, which I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, I believe this is the biggest year at camp. Um, and we are looking at also, cause we promise our families a two to one ratio for staff to campers, um, or sorry, campers to staff two to one, um, right now with the, with the campers and our counselors, just counselors, we're looking at a 1.3. So we're actually really, really getting close to a one-to-one ratio. And that doesn't even include our behavioral health text our, uh, you know, medical staff and any of the directors. Um, I am so excited for this year. Yeah. That's amazing. I think we're going to have 31 staff members, boots on the ground. So almost 60 people at camp this year. Wow. Again, peace of mind. 
peace of mind. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's like respite plus that's what respite, <laughs> mm. that's what respite aspires to be is camp FASD. I love that. Right. And I'm glad you mentioned that too, because you know, our staff sometimes needs a little respite as well. You know, I would say a good portion of our camp counselors are, you know, college students interested in psychology or uh, social work or working with special needs populations. And I mean, I don't need to tell any mother or father or, or parent with FASD, like sometimes you need a break. I mean, that's why most of the kids are are here. Um, so we do have to provide ample downtime and uh, breaks for the staff so that they can like, you know, recuperate. And um, that's what's also helped with the helping avoid burnout by the end of the week. Emma, what is the best way for um, listeners to do that initial contact? Would it be just to visit the website? How how would you recommend um, starting the process for, say, a new family who's interested in sending a camper next year? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I would recommend first going to our website, just kind of exploring. We have a lot of information, lots of videos. Um, and there's also a button on the website that just says contact, um, which, you know, filling out that little form will get info to me and Nick. Um, if you want to talk to us directly, you can just email admin at fasdcamp.org. Um, and that goes to me. So uh, I'll be the one responding to you most likely. Um, I'm always happy to, you know, answer emails uh, from families. Um, and even if anyone wants to get really in depth, um, I can always schedule phone calls and stuff. Um, yeah. Terrific. So before we end on our hope takeaway, um, I would like to ask you each a question because I think um, we often, not only on FASD Hope, we want to talk about the informative, but we also want to talk about that hope. So wh whoever wants to answer first can answer first. What is one really memorable experience that you had at Camp FASD that gave you a lot of hope? I have to think on this one for a second. There's been a lot of experiences. <laughs> or maybe just one that stands out. I'm sure, you know what? That oh, actually. I have one. Okay. I have one. Last year, we had um, two campers that were in the same group because, you know, we split them up by age. They were in the same group and um, they both came in pretty shy. It was their first year at camp. I think it might have been their first year at any summer camp. Um, and at some point later in the week, we're in the main lodge, just kind of hanging out, eating a little bit. And they had made necklaces for each other with each other's names on them. Uh, we have a picture of it. It's the cutest thing ever. I almost started sobbing. And just moments like that at camp, particularly that one, where you know that these kids have made a friend for life. Uh, that's what's really memorable to me. And there's countless moments like that at camp. Yeah, there are, uh, there are honestly like those moments, so many to mention. And I always recommend like staff start as a counselor because that's where you're going to get the most interaction with the kids and see those moments the best and kind of get to know them, you know, the most. Um, for me, I, I think it, it's got to be when, you know, families, you know, are dropping off their campers and in this no one family in particular, but families dropping off their campers, obviously a little nervous, a little apprehensive, you know, they want their uh, camper to be successful and they want it to be a good week. Um, and then when they, when they, when they come to pick them up at the end of the week, you know, a lot of families are nervous, like, okay, what's the report? Like what's, you know, what, what happened, right? We didn't get a call and, uh, you know, 
Um, and to hear like those sighs of relief that, you know, everything, everything worked out for them and that, you know, they had their, their, their kiddo had a great week, uh, just really gives me hope for, you know, what we're doing, we're doing something right. Cause you know, a lot of these, I, I know, at least for my brother and I'll speak for my brother, a lot of the programs that he was in over the summer, I mean, even academic programs just didn't necessarily work. They would work for a period of time and then they would just wouldn't. And it was, you couldn't go back to it. Um, and just to see some of these campers come back year after year after year um, is truly awesome. Um, and it, it makes me happy that we're, you know, providing a great, a great service. And I tell this to the staff every year, we don't go into camp saying, okay, we need to make this a life-changing experience for the campers and you. No, that's, I mean, if we do that, I feel like we're going to set ourselves up for failure. We go into just saying, you know, we want to make sure these kids have fun, make sure they can be themselves, make sure they feel welcome, make sure everyone feels comfortable. Um, and then, you know, the results of that is some kids feel like that there's a life-changing experience. Staff feels like it's a life-changing experience. And it just, that makes me so happy and I'm hopeful for, you know, their outcome. I'm a firm believer in these sorts of, uh, not clinical, but, you know, these sorts of, uh, programs to get your kids in at a younger age. Right. Um, and I'm interested in seeing, you know, downstream, like how good the, how that affects development over time. Um, and I think it's just so important at a younger age just to learn about those, uh, social, um, uh, social skills and, you know, building friendships and those sorts of things in an environment that they may have another, not have had, um, otherwise. So usually my last question on FASD hope is, is what is your hope takeaway? But I'm just going to go ahead and say camp FASD is this hope takeaway because it, it really sounds like the experience you wish your child, your loved one could have every day and they have a whole week of it. You know, it just sounds like it's a week of hope. And again, that would be another hashtag I'd put for this episode is it really does sound like it's a week week of hope. And I know that there are a lot of parents and caregivers out there that, wow, that that is something, you know, especially when you're in the trenches and, you know, like you're talking about, you get the phone calls, things aren't working to know that there's something out there that could really not only work, but that could really just fill the hope battery up so that it's it's not depleted. Um, I guess just on behalf of the parents out here that are listening, um, I just want to say thank you, Nick and Emma, for what you do and for this amazing experience that you provide through Camp FASD. So Emma and Nick of Camp FASD, Thank you once again for being on FASD Hope. Thank you so much, Natalie. It means the world. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Becchione. Make sure you don't miss a single episode by liking and following FASD Hope anywhere you find your podcasts. Remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.